Hello, I'm Mark Tucker. And I'm Alan Furstenberg, and welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs, everybody. How's it been going, Mark? Oh, it's been, it's been fun. It's been crazy. Um, on social media this week, uh, it uh, was put out that I had uh, changed jobs, and I am working for Rain Agency. Uh, great, great group of people, um, development team that I left at, at SOAR. Just always, always tough to make a transition um, you know, to, to something new, um, but just so excited. It's been a, a great week. Um, and Congratulations. Lots of, yeah, thank you. And lots Congratulations of, on the new position. Yeah. Lots of so, so, so nice people have uh, congratulated me. Um, and I'm just, you know, just so grateful that uh, people are so kind. So that's, that's big news on that side of things. Fantastic. Also big news was that you and I were named to uh, voice, uh, top voice technologists yes. in the past couple of weeks. So that was very exciting to see as well. Yeah. That, and, and once again, people are just so nice and it's, it's uh, great to be recognized for you know, trying to, to make a difference. Yeah. And it's a fantastic community we're part of. I'm really, really yes. glad that the whole voice community acts this way, that when one of us does something fantastic, all of us are you know, are, are coming out and saying just how much we do deserve this recognition, these honors, these, these sorts of things that we've been doing. And that we're all giving back to the community. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I think it is, is too. Hopefully it's uh, inspiring for other people to keep doing what they're doing. I know that uh, a lot of energy and, and uh, I guess hard work and thought has already gone into this industry. And I think more voices are welcome and needed and just, you know, welcome to the family and, and definitely. look forward to learning from you. Yeah, definitely. The more people that are out there, I've, I feel like there's so much that we all have to discover and learn and explore and problems to encounter and help to give each other because there's so much more that we need to do that yes. we, need, we need everyone to help do it. Well, and everybody has their own uh, you know, personal strengths and experiences and perspective on things yeah. that um, you know, everybody is uniquely qualified for being them. Yep. And, and I hope that that's part of what we explore on this show is, you know, exactly what our differences are and how our differences help make things better. Yeah, no, totally agree. So um, what, what have you been doing on, on your week, that's what's been going on. It's... My, my week's actually been a very frustrating week in some oh. ways. I, I keep running into uh, problems and trying to solve or work around those problems. And, and in a lot of ways, they're minor problems. And, you know, some of them are relatively easy workarounds. But it's always one more, oh, this is going to take me half an hour to fix. And four hours later, it has not. Um, oh, I've hit those. Most yeah, of the days. Oh, you know, <laughs> and it's it's been one of those after another, and and some of them some of them also are things that I do not expect will work, and sure enough, they don't. So <laughs> I I needed to um, play something in a different language, was something I, I wanted to fool around with, and I'm like, you know what, this is not going to work, and I know it's not going to work, but let's see just how badly it doesn't work. Yes. And sure enough, it did not work Ooh. at all. It was quite, quite bad. Um, <laughs> so hopefully, you know, so, so I, had, I had the workarounds ready and I knew where I was going with it. 
you know, I meant I needed to pre-record audio, which in this particular case was fine. Yeah. But it's one of those really frustrating, I just want that support there so I don't have to do these workarounds. I want, I want all these features and I want them now. Hey, that's like, that's what a developer does. They, yeah. they find uh, solutions to problems and when, especially when they see something like, you know, in a 1P experience and you're like, how come we don't have that in what we're doing? Yeah, yeah you're like, oh, somebody can do this and it's possible. It's not like a technical limitation. It's just, uh, but I'm sure there's other reasons, but, uh, but still, yes, as a developer, you're always looking for uh, getting the most uh, recent features out yep. and, and be able to use it. Well, you helped me with a problem um, so, over so the weekend. I'm, first of all, I'm glad it helped. Um, you know, I, I, I saw messages from you this morning about some of the solutions you were finding. So why don't you, you tell us about the problem and let's talk about it a bit. Okay, so in a previous show, we talked about Snatchword, which is the game that, uh, that I'm uh, working on that's developed for an, um, multi-platform. So it's already out there available for Alexa and I'm working on getting the, the Google Assistant um, version out. And the challenge that I had faced is that when I had done this, it's all built with the Jovo framework, so a shared code base, um, a lot of this you know, shared functionality, is that I had developed it with Dialogflow. And, and in the fall, then Jovo came out with support for Actions Builder, but I wasn't sure exactly how long you know, or frustrating it yeah. might be. And, um, and, I, and I think what we talked about last time was, was me suggesting that if you can, might be a good idea to move over sooner rather than later. Yes, and so that was my intent uh, during the week, and I really, you know, tried to get to it through throughout the week, and really didn't get any time to work on it until this weekend. <laughs> and so I set myself up like I do sometimes on Friday evening, getting something done, so at least there's a little bit of momentum. So when I get up uh, Saturday morning, mm -hmm. house is quiet, I can just jump in and, and continue where I left off and make some traction. So kind of, so that's 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 the approach I did. There were some forum posts, um, a couple of uh, articles on the Jovo website on how to create a new um, project based on uh, the Actions Builder, but nothing about migrating. And so I, I knew there was going to be some challenges. Um, one of them being I have uh, a sys.anytype that was you know, a freeform text. So when you mm -hmm. say, you know, find a word, that word is really of, you know, just uh, an anytype anything that you say on the on the Google side of things, and that was supposed to be migrated over to something called free text, um, which is um, as part of Actions Builder. And uh, what was posted really wasn't working, but I did find a, a workaround for that. So, um, and then you know, something with the cancel action I had to take care of, and mm -hmm. there was an on error handler that wasn't fine, was really only working for Alexa, and so I had some Alexa specific code in there and that that was failing when I switched to Actions uh, Builder. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's a new um, uh, NPM module that's the Google Assistant CONV for conversational, which is what they're using for um, for the new Actions Builder stuff. So I had to to update my code to take out the old uh, reference and put in the new one. The rest of the code is the same for the most you know for the most part. But I did hit something with. Um, the only place that I had um, actually had any additional functionality for the smart display was in the, the show leaderboard. And I had done something with lists. Uh, <clears throat> but the, the lists whole, have completely changed. Yeah, the whole name of that <clears throat> has changed and, and a couple of uh, 
there are subtle differences between the two. Yeah. Before what I was able to do in, um, in dialogue flow was with the list is I just had a read only list that would show a list of, of, um, of the top players. Um, but with actions builder, they've got things integrated that you actually have to use a list to be able to select something. So there's the whole dynamic of, right. You, you can't, I, I, you know, it might've been kind of sketchy to, 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 submit for certification the way that I had it for dialogue flow, they might have rejected it anyway. Well, um, to, so, so to clarify, one of, the, yeah. one of the, the list type that you were using is actually meant as a kind of selector. Usually, you know, if, if you had a long list of items and you'd expect uh, like a menu and you'd expect the user to be selecting one of them, you wanted a way that, that they could do so. And that was with a, a list type. And one of the features was that in addition to presenting it as a list, you would also be able to say some keyword that would also select it. Yes. And Dialogflow and, and Actions on Google kind of took care of this behind the scenes without making it clear what in the world you were doing. Under Actions Builder, they made it a little bit more explicit so that this list, so that the, the trigger word that you were creating is a type. And it's a dynamic type now. Mm -hmm. So, but the the catch to that is that the visual elements of it are attached to this type. So you need to create a you need to create a type in Action Builder. You then need to populate it in your webhook with the the trigger words for the type, and with the user interface, the the visual user interface that would appear for it. And since you're mostly interested in the visual user interface portion, you didn't care about having to create a new type. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so I ended up, you know, commenting that part of the it out. Um, so. Oh, you mean I won't be able to see the high score list anymore? Yeah. Yeah. When oh. you say yeah, when you say show leaderboard, then it's just going to tell you where you're at. I'm. I ought to figure out how I'm going to circle back and tackle that. Oh, but it's it's i, I guess it's pushing of me in the lead <laughs> yeah yeah and i've got to figure out something to do um the what i'm using for the leaderboards is uh online service called playfab and uh they do post at the end because every week it, it cycles over uh, to a new leaderboard and so i have a list of the ids that made up the other leaderboard i have to figure out a way to take those ids and and turn them into a leaderboard that i post on social media or something so trying try, yeah that's something to, to do <laughs> so, <laughs> there's always something more to do <laughs> so it, um yeah so i don't know that's pushing me more to thinking about doing interactive canvas for for the visuals um so that I have a little bit more control over what I what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. Well, that's 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 going to be a next year thing, uh, I'm for sure. <laughs> but but uh, the thing that you helped me out quite a bit on was the webhook. So what is different about um, Dialogflow and Actions Builder on the webhook side of things is that with act with uh, Dialogflow you're able to pass in headers. Um, so it's you know. Basically, when when the request comes in, uh, actions on Google handles it, and then it passes it on to Dialogflow, and then Dialogflow is the thing that talks to the webhook. And at that point, you can specify headers that you're going to go ahead and pass. And so, I'd already set up um, on the architecture side for the back end 
that uh, we're using AWS Lambda. Um, I have one instance um, that's you know, suffixed with uh, Alexa that is running um, all my Alexa skills. And I've got one for that has Google that's that's running all the actions. It's the exact same code base. I just deployed it multiple times. But in order to to access that, um, I use API Gateway for the Google action because that's you know I'm just setting up a webhook, uh, just an HTTP post. But there are two different ways to set up um, APIs in API Gateway. You can do the old style REST um, style endpoints and the new style, just in the last, I think, year, HTTP endpoints. And there's differences and there's actually efficiencies if you use the HTTP. But, what, but I was, for Dialogflow, I was using the REST endpoints and I can set, uh, allow it to have a key that has to be passed in the header. So basically, just by sharing a key between the, the what I'm telling Dialogflow and what's happening in the server, then I can you know, protect at least somewhat the API from, from people right. and, hitting it. And this is meant as a kind of sort of security measure, so that yeah. as, long mm -hmm. as, as long as this, this private key isn't leaked out somehow, yeah. that you can, you know, your, your API gateway is blocking anything that doesn't come in with this key. So, exactly. and, and Dialogflow is just setting a, a static string in a header somewhere. Yeah, so just you know, stored in Dialogflow, it's just any of that. So that's, that's the way everything was set up um, and it was working. And then I went to, to switch over to uh, Actions Builder. And so now when the request comes in, it hits you know, Actions on Google, which is, is using uh, Actions Builder, which is talking to the webhook directly, but there is no place to specify headers in, no. <laughs> in Actions and, Builder. And, and <laughs> And the basic reason for that is because a static key is not a very secure method of transmitting stuff. Yes, so uh, can you explain a little bit about um, uh, JSON web tokens and what's, what's happening on the, on the Google side of things with the new Actions Builder, what, what it's passing, and then I'll sure. talk about what I had to do on, the, on my end. Sure, so instead of sending a static string, and by static string, which is, you know, a, uh, you know, a long set of characters that, you know, nobody cares what they mean. Just clear text, you know what they not are. It's, signed. Yeah. it's clear text, it's not signed. It doesn't change from one request to another. You're sending the exact same header time after time after time. So instead of that, uh, and the biggest security hole of that is if somehow during the transmission, the header gets leaked or somebody decides your packet is valuable enough to reverse engineer it, they can find out what that secret key is, so it's not so secret anymore. And they can then start sending their own requests directly to you, and you'd think they were authentic. Yes. And that has a number of problems with it. This is not considered good security by any stretch of the imagination. It's usually good enough for, for simple stuff, but it's yeah. not real security. Um, what's better is if you have a token of some sort, and that token includes a timestamp, and it is digitally signed using a public key encryption system of which you have the secret key, or somebody has the secret key, and you've released the, the public key. And if we wanna start talking asynchronous encryption, we'll be here for <laughs> weeks. Suffice it to say that one way that we can generate this token that contains a signature and contains all of this other information is something called a JSON web token or JWT. 
And what a JWT contains, it contains a bunch of what are known as claims. And these are just key value fields, you know, where one of the keys is, you know, when was it created and when is it good till? And these are timestamps. And who is signing this? And what is this for? Who is the audience? So, so who issued it and who is the audience and a bunch of other things and a signature. And it puts this all into a JSON structure and then it mangles into a way that it can be included in a bunch of other things. So it doesn't look like JSON anymore, but it's easy to turn back into JSON. And it creates this, this JWT. And what the assistant does is it uh, creates a JWT, signs it with one of Google's private keys that they rotate every few hours, um, tells you who it is, who's, who's signing it, so that you know how to verify it later, verify the signature later, issues it for a limited amount of time, says that it belongs to your web app, your, your action, and attaches this as a header in the request. And the only way we know this is because we've gone and looked at the headers because we can. Um, it's not a very well documented process on Google's side, although the procedure in general, you see it in lots and lots of places these days. Uh, Google uses it for all of their sign-in stuff. They, you know, other lots of other companies use it for their sign-in stuff. JWTs are used as part of OAuth. They're used as part of OpenID Connect. You see them all over the place these days. So using this really, really standard way is um, kind of a good practice. It's certainly more secure because this way, if somebody somehow gets this token, the best that they'll be able to do is use it for maybe another 30 minutes. And usually the process of decrypting an HTTP header takes a lot longer than that. So usually by the time they get this token, it's invalid and out of date and they can't reuse it again. Yeah, and even if, the, if they're able to look at it, because you can take that, that token and there's even a website where you can take the, the, the token and it will tell you all the different information. Here's the issuer, here's the, yep. you know, the audience, all that stuff. And, it's, and that's fine because it's, um, it's all signed. So if I try to tamper with it and then resend it, it's, it's, it's just gonna come out as invalid. And, and, and so, right. you're, so it's good. And, and this is basically Google saying, we are certifying what we're sending here because it's signed by Google. So it's, it's Google saying, we, you know, you can trust, you know, it's using our keys. We are certifying everything that you're, you're coming in here. So the, the challenge that I had on, on um, <clears throat> the API gateway side of things for the, for the Google, um, the Lambda that I'm using for, for Google Action is that how do I process that, that token? You know, right. how do because, I you know, parse it and check the different parts of it and make sure that it hasn't been tampered with and get information out of it. And, and, and so, how do you do this before it hits your yeah. webhook? It's, you know, before it hits your, your real code. Right, you right. just want this to like work for you. Yeah, and I, I really just wanted it to work and not have to do extra work because it was working before. <laughs> you know, less secure, but, but mind you, my, my, I was able to go into the test console and with Dialogflow and, and test against uh, my, uh, my Jovo code and, and have everything work. And now it's not working and it's frustrating because I'm trying to figure out what to do. So 
Um, <clears throat> like I had mentioned before, there's two, uh, two different types of API gateways. There's the uh, older style REST endpoints and the newer style um, HTTP. And what I could do on the REST endpoint is that there is a place that you could put another Lambda function called an authorizer and you could write some code that would do all that checking. And I had found something um, on the internet that ha had done that and, and deployed that and there was, it was still wasn't working for some reason, not exactly sure. Um, and so then you know, I'd reached out to Alan and he'd you know, given me lots of suggestions or he had told me about different parts of the, uh, of the, the token that needed to be certain values. Um, and then he had sent me a link about, you know, why you, uh, you can, there's this built-in uh, you know, JWT, um, the JWT processor. authorizer. Yeah. So, but but looking at it, I had realized fairly quickly that it's only valid for the newer style HTTP endpoints. Ah, okay. You see that I missed, which is why I, when I'm sending it to you, I'm like, I don't think this is available in the console, but this command line should work. And yeah, I didn't realize that it was only connected to the new one. Ah. Yeah, so it is the new style mm. HTTP ones. And, and if you go into that UI for that, there's, there's stuff that you can do. Um, okay. And, and I'm using serverless framework to deploy things. And so I was able to find um, out how do I uh, expose the, the trigger into my Lambda to be an HTTP API gateway endpoint with the JWT <laughs> token authorizer. <laughs> you know? uh, so I did that and it still wasn't working. And um, but then there was some confusion. I had actually had a wrong value for my audience value. I had audience, which was just oh, the word yeah, audience. No, you need the actual project idea. <laughs> and, and so then, yeah. So what the JWT authorizer does is it, uh, at, at, at the HTTP gateway point, it uh, looks at the audience and matches it to a string that you set. And it looks at the issuer using the issuer information, it gets the keys for the issuer and validates the signature. And then it does some other things like make sure that the, the time that it was issued is in a reasonable time frame and it hasn't expired and, and similar stuff like that. But, but it does depend on you providing the issuer and the audience and making sure that they match the issuer and audience that have come in. Yeah, that 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 uh, Google's going to pass when the uh, Google action gets passed to your your webhook. So, um, I had so I had realized that mistake because I'd gone through the the notes that you had sent and and um, and I'm like, okay, that's not quite right. Um, so then I so I tried that and it worked. I was like, yes, it works. Um, so I was really really excited. And so here's the here's the thing I did. So I went ahead and like, okay, I'm. Uh, so you've been beta testing, very um, appreciative of the beta testing of uh, Snatch Word on, on Google. And so I had, I had done, um, when I'd done a, a migration, it gives you the option from Dialogflow to Actions Builder to do that different project. And I had done that and then I tested that and it worked against, it worked against the endpoint. It, it was broken because the Jovo code that I had out on the, the HTTP endpoint wasn't wasn't the right one, but I stopped getting the error that I was getting that it was not authorized. It, it was at least communicating to your end Yes, point now. yes. So then I went ahead and pushed those, those changes, which was going to go ahead and break you um, because of, of stuff, because you had, you know, you're alpha testing that, that's, against, against yeah. you know, the other stuff. And so I went ahead and pushed it, but then I realized that I actually had pushed the button to release it to production. And I was like, instead of releasing it to alpha, 
<laughs> which I was like, oh, that's, that wasn't intended. And so I went into the, the production and I said, oh, deploy this to Alpha, which thinking that what that was going to do was um, stop the production release and go ahead and just release it to Alpha. But what ended up happening is, is it's released to both. So Snatchword's available out there in the <laughs> actions directory. <laughs> and I need to do some more testing on it. But uh, it's available in the actions directory uh, today with all of its stuff. And so I guess it's passing. And um, there we have it. Now I have a game that is uh, a multi Multi-platform, fantastic. Multi-platform, yeah. Massively multiplayer online, multi-platform voice game. I, I saw you've also been having some discussion on Twitter about what exactly a, a, an MMO yes. on, on voice is like. How's, how's that conversation been going? Oh, it's, it's been a great conversation. Lots of people have given uh, input. I um, think we've, uh, at least in my mind, I've officially established that a game called Starlanes, which was released years ago, um, was the first uh, MMO RPG game that was released for voice. Um, played it a little bit this last week on, on a commute I had to do. And uh, interesting, very complicated. I'm not uh, as into RPGs as, as lots of other people, but um, great, great game, very immersive. Um, I could see how um, that would be, you know. So I, I consider that the first MMO very cool. on voice. Um, but there are very few others um, that are out there. I, you know, if I were to say list the top five, I think besides Snatchword, I could list Starlings. I don't know. There, there's other <laughs> ones that are doing things that are um, like you can you, you can play in this. I don't know things that I I guess I consider a voice game is that one. There's maybe there's this this perception that MMOs have to be complicated. That they most of the most of the time they are either RPGs or you know we've seen them as first-person shooters you know but I think that you can have lots of different game genres that would be an MMO and my idea for an MMO for voice would be that uh, lots of people can play hundreds or thousands can play at the same time you're playing in the same game space with limited resources. Um, and that when somebody affects something in that universe, it affects everybody at the same time. And it could often have this a, a shared leaderboard. That's kind of what I'm thinking the definition yeah, I, is. I, I think the crucial consideration is that it's the, the shared resources part and you're competing against each other for the same resources. So something that I do is impacting you. It's not just we have a shared score table. Yeah. Well, that's, that's important, you know, that's a, a useful thing. That's not the same as uh, a shared world, which I think is a crucial element of MMOs. And yeah. in our case, I mean, in, in, in Snatchword's case, the shared world is literally the world of words. Yes, exactly. So the finite resource is any word that you can get um, your voice assistant to accept. Um, so that's that that's the resources it's happening in real time so if i find a word in snatch word and you find a word in snatch word and you're quicker to snatch it than i am you know i, I find it's like, like oh cool it's available and you and you do the same thing like oh cool it's available and you snatch it and then i go to snatch it it's going to tell me that you have snatched it and i'm like ah because i do that i don't know <laughs> So, so that's the, that's the exciting or, part of it. It's not a valid word. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. And not very many points. 
Yeah, probably not very many points. Not like Zazzle or something like that. Zazzle. <laughs> Pizzazz. I don't know. I've I've seen some people. I go some for a of the, lot of yeah. It's it's the Z's that are really the good ones. Yeah, Z's are are nine points each. Um, so anyway, so I'm really excited about Snatchword. Obviously, I'm like a ten on a scale of one to five, because uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm really excited about uh, seeing what happens with it and people using it and already cool to see the leaderboard and see oh. You know, Dr. Terry Fisher is number one or two, and he's playing on Alexa in Canada against, you know. This prisoner guy who's. Prisoner you know, guy, yeah. Who's so. playing on Google in the US, and, and he and I are fighting it out for the top two spots. Yeah, yeah. They, you have been. Uh, and I don't, I don't remember how the leaderboard ended at the end of Sunday night. Uh, so Ooh. I'll have to go back and look. Um, but yeah, no, that's just an exciting, th the fact that, you know, Alexa's released in, in, um, Five countries that's, that accept English, so US, UK, Canada, Australia, and India. Um, oh, this is a question that I have. So I marked my Google Action as English, and it's out there, and I'm, I'm assuming those five locations, it's automatically released for, or is there anything specifically that I have to do so that people in other countries are able to use this Google Action? So, so by default, your, and by default, actions are released in all 214 or whatever countries that mm -hmm. Google release, Google allows stuff to be released in. So by default, you've released to all countries. Okay. The, lo the, the language locale is different than the physical locale. So even though you've released it to all these countries, they still need to have their locals, their, their assistant speaking English. So as long as they have it to speak English, somebody in Germany can play it. Okay. So you haven't released it to five countries in Google's perspective. You've released it in English. All right, and, to the world, okay. Right, to the, and, and not limited it to some countries. Because there, there are cases where you don't want your action to be available in a country, even if they speak the language there, or even if the language would otherwise let them use it you may not want it available there for local, you know, for, for legal or political reasons. Or, or it might even just be regional, like, um, you know, what's the, the bus <laughs> schedule right. for Phoenix, right? Like nobody's gonna really care. Right. And, so, um, so Google differentiates between where it is available and what language it is available in. And by default, it's available everywhere. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting because uh, do you know which locale you get um, based on ar around the world? Because I use that locale actually to set a flag for your player in the leaderboard. Um, you can use a, an intent to say, you know, change my player flag to some other country. Um, so, so you're so you're using the language locale. Yes. As the information, and I believe it'll be whatever they whatever the user ends up setting their language locale to. So if somebody in say the Czech Republic, just hypothetically, um, is using it, Czech Republic, you know, uh, Czech is not a language that is supported. So they would send it, set it to English of some variant. And usually they set it to um, uh, English UK or English US. So they'd show okay. up, in your case, they'd show up as being from UK or US. Okay. Well, good, but I'm, I'm glad that the, uh, on the game, I wanted that to be something that people could set because you could be, you know, living in the United States, but really be a, you know, 
citizen of Brazil and want to still play the game in English and, and but want to set your player, you know, country to, to Brazil. So that's good. Um, so that's something that I did. Something else I noticed um, when you change something in the skill store for Alexa, then you have to recertify the skill, which I don't know is kind of, so that was kind of the assumption I was going under. I had, I had released it and realized that uh, um, there, was, there was something I wanted to change either in the, the description or, or in the, the name itself. The snatch word was, all low, was lowercase as opposed to proper case and I wanted to change that. And so I did that and then I went to go to release it and, uh, and so I created a new release and, but then I went and checked and it was already fixed. So, it, so I canceled that, um, that, that new release hmm. um, because it, so it appears that I could go ahead and just change those values inside of the console and they were reflected almost immediately in the store. That's uh, interesting. Um, so. hmm. Some things, uh, there, there are many things that you do need recertification for. So for example, I, but I would have expected that a description, for example, would require recertification because one of the things they check is to make sure you're not misrepresenting yourself. Changing the case of the name may be something that doesn't need recertification because yeah. they're smart enough to realize that you're just changing the capitalization. Um, most things though, when you do change them, do require recertification and sometimes they're really quick. You know, if, it's, if all you're changing is a description, sometimes they will just look at it and quickly approve it without going through the full round of testing again. Um, yeah. But it also includes things like if you change some of the, uh, the phrasing that you're using for intents, some of the, the sample phrases for intents, you sometimes need to go through recertification. Yeah, so I could I could understand on language model changes that that's um, something that you know if you're going to add a new intent or or change some things the way that the intents work I I could see that being recertified. Um, I, I'm I'm actually would be delighted if that it wasn't wasn't a a bug on changing things into in the description and stuff because uh, like I I added a new uh, social media link so so Snatchword has a website and a Facebook page and now has a Twitter handle um, so I I changed the description and added that Twitter handle uh, in there at the end and when I hit save it was available so I don't know that's uh, interesting so I'd be interested in getting your feedback on that but that was that was delightful. <laughs> the fact that I didn't have to do another release, but I was also surprised that what that that was released to production and and actually it went fairly quick. It it was uh, a lot quicker than the the Alexa side of things. But of course, on the Alexa side of things, I do have in skill purchasing that I don't have turned on yet. And uh, a lot of the certif you know the certification can be hit or miss sometimes. Sometimes it goes yeah. really quickly. If you're certifying something for the second time, they sometimes just review the changes and it goes a lot quicker. Yep. Um, so sometimes it can be very quick and other times it can get caught up on something. Oh, but this is feeling good uh, to, to have this, uh, this project out and now it's multi-platform and I'm gonna go and uh, between now and the end of the year or first part of the next year, I'm gonna, I had some stuff working on Bixby but I haven't uh, gone back since I've done a number of changes and just want to see how far the Bixby stuff works and uh, see if I can get that out. So then it will be three platforms, multiple countries, all in the same game. Snatchword. Fantastic. Snatchword. <laughs>
it is it is fun. I it, I do find myself you know suddenly going, ooh, that has a bunch of Z's in it. Can I let me see if anyone's got it yet? Uh, it's only worth fifteen points. Not enough other characters. Um, I don't know if I want to use one of my daily words on it. I don't know. Yeah, so I've gotten some good feedback. Um, I had initially, um, you could get 10 words that you could snatch a day. And then uh, in on the Alexa side of things, you could purchase a subscription and get an, an additional 20. Um, and some of the feedback I got was that, that they felt like that was a little bit too much. Um, so I changed that to five and 10. Mm -hmm. So you, you get five a day. Well, and it's, and it's not like today I get five and then tomorrow I get five. It's like I use this one of my five and then 24 hours later, I can use that one again. It recharges, it recharges in 24 hours. Um, so I add a little bit of description at the beginning to make that clearer. Uh, and um, what else have I done? Uh, I pushed off some stuff on the Alexa side of things. So it's not immediately asking you to upsell. Um, it's pushing that off for, for five days. Um, to give you a chance to use it and oh and your suggestion which I really liked was when when you add a word when somebody snatches a word it puts their player name on it so that when you find it um, if you've got a visual then you can see it um, you can see who that player is so that's what I'm going to do next is include that player name uh, as part of the, the text-to-speech so you know when Very you good. find a word you can say that, that uh, instead of owned by another player you can say it's owned by fluffy bunny 27 or whatever All right so very cool and i look forward to to talking with you about how the um the interactive canvas work goes yes and i'm, I'm trying to think because i've got some uh apl alexa presentation language stuff on that side of things but i just keep having this in the back of my mind using something like uh the vue.js uh with interactive canvas and web api and the web games yeah so that it's driving the exact same UI. That seems like it might be a better approach because they're yeah, very so, similar. Yeah, so there's, yeah, so it's uh, definitely my, my cross-platform, you know, analysis is, is churning with ideas on how we could do that. So very cool. Looks like it's gonna be a, a fun last week of the year and uh, on into the new year for you. Yeah, and, but, and thank you so much for your help because uh, I was spending a lot of hours this weekend trying to figure out exactly how to do it. And I got to a point where finally I saw the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm like, okay, this is possible. I'm just going to go ahead and do it, which I think was totally the right choice to, to move to actions builder. Yeah. This, um, and, and this is one of those cases where I think it's, you know, even if you understand a good chunk of, of what you're looking at, there's other related stuff that you might not fully, fully get. So, you know, you understood, API gateway really well, you didn't understand HDTV gateway as well. Mm -hmm. But once we started putting all of this other knowledge together, it all comes together. Yes. And it's, it's it, you know, I, I think my lesson for this always is if you don't understand something, reach out to somebody else. Yeah. You know, a, a coworker, you know, teammate. Uh, us, really. Us, we're, yeah, we're, totally. We are, we are happy to try to help you through problems. Post it on Stack Overflow. Post it on Twitter. There are people out there that want to help you solve your own pro your problems. Yeah, and hopefully uh, that this has helped some other people if they're if they're considering uh, doing that. I I love uh, the G Actions uh, CLI. The fact that now I can just uh, 
do a deploy and things are updated. Yep. Before with Dialogflow, I had to export things into a zip and then like re-import them in. And that, that makes, was makes yeah. it beautifully simple. And, yeah, it does. And you can just check. You know, you can still see the uh, the YAML files to see what it looks like. So it's great. So thank you, everybody. Hopefully, you're having a great uh, end of the year and uh, celebrating um, the holidays with your families and uh, friends and still being safe. Yep. So until uh, until next time, we hope you're all having a very, very happy holidays, uh, happy and bright holidays. And um, have a good week. Stay safe and take care. Yeah, take care, everybody. We're two voice devs. Two voice devs. <laughs>